Good morning again. Today I want to talk to you about new beginnings. <clears throat> it seems appropriate, doesn't it? Um, at the first Sunday of the new year, right? So this is the time of year um, when we all kind of look forward to something new. But can I say this? I don't understand why we celebrate New Year's Eve. I really don't. I mean, think about it. We look forward to the parties and the get-togethers, and we bring in the New Year celebrating. But why? I mean, just because we're flipping the calendar? I mean, just because one year's gone and the other is coming? We don't know what 2021's going to hold, but we celebrated it. We throw these parties year in and year out. And you want to know the truth? All that we really have to look forward... I mean, December 31st is no different than January 1st, at least for me. How about you? Is your world completely new now? Is your life completely new? Has, has just by flipping the calendar from 2020 to 2021 changed anything but yet we celebrated it we threw these parties we celebrate it um the truth is the only thing that's really changed is, is now we're all a year older and and i just really want to be honest with you now don't throw anything at me i really want to be honest with you the only thing that's changed is that time keeps moving <laughs> and let's just be honest time's not been real good to some of us right no, you all look great. You all are doing well. It's time, but time just keeps moving forward, keeps flipping the calendar. We go from 2020 to 2021. You wonder what I think? I think that we celebrate New Year's because deep, deep down inside, whether it's true or not, whether it's happened or not, whether it's going to happen or not, deep down inside, we want just that. We want new. We're Americans. We like new. New phones, new cars, new clothes. When the old wears out, we want new. When we get tired of the old, we want new. We get excited about the new and forget about the old. I think deep down inside, we all just really want new, especially this year, right? We want to leave the past behind us. We want to leave the mistakes behind us. We want to leave the disappointments behind us. We want to leave all the pain and suffering behind us. We want to leave all the distractions behind us. All the things that we want to forget, let's just leave it back there and we hope and celebrate the new. Another year gone, and we're just another year older, but we want new. We really want things to change. We all have things that we wish we could do over, and I think the idea of a new year and new resolutions and you know, this year I'm going to lose that weight, and this year I'm going to, you know, read my Bible more, and this year I'm going to 
call my parents more. And this year I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to spend my money better this year. And so we want this new in our life. But one thing is true about the previous year for all of us is that we all want it to be over. <laughs> Anybody want to go back and relive 2020? No, nobody. But new isn't easy, is it? We carry the same baggage to the next year that we carried in the previous year. For a lot of us, most of us. The same habits, the same behaviors, the same thoughts, the same temptations, the same old job, the same empty bank account, the same, the same, the same. When we flipped that calendar on December 31st and we went from 2020 to 2021, you woke up New Year's Day to not very much new. But yet we celebrated the new. I know you're all thinking, come on, Pastor, you're bumming me out now. I was really excited about the new year. Just because the calendar changes, listen, just because the calendar changes doesn't mean we do. So I have a friend that I've talked to you all about who is coming to the end of his struggle with ALS. It's been a hard three years to watch this happen in his life, his family. I remember when I started to notice the change in him. He worked for me. We were friends for many years, raised our kids together, went on vacations together, played games together. We did a lot together as families. He had three daughters, all about the same age as my daughters, and they just kind of grew up together. And I remember when I started to notice a slur in his voice. And I'd asked him about it. And I actually, I would tease him. I'd say, have you been drinking? And he'd laugh and I'd laugh. And he said, no. He said, my asthma's acting up and I can't quite catch my breath. And for a month or two, it got a little worse until he really sounded like he was drunk when he talked. And he kept saying it was his asthma, and Tamara and I would talk about it, and we're like, there's something else going on. And then his foot stopped, be, stopped doing what it's supposed to do. And when he would walk, he couldn't lift his foot up, and he started to walk with a limp. He went in for some testing, and I remember getting that call, and Tamara and I were there together with him and his wife, and he, I remember him saying, it's ALS. They've given me three to five years to live. Some of you have known people, family, friends who have had ALS and you understand it's a terrible disease, right? It just slowly just deteriorates your body to nothing. I remember our hearts sank as we thought about his wife and his three daughters and that were still teenagers living at home. It's been very hard to watch the process of ALS take away almost everything that he loved to do and part of his life. He's bedridden now. He cannot move even a finger. And the communication is difficult. 
Um, it's a challenge when you can't move. When you look at my friend lying there in that bed, I remember the man that we played golf together. I remember the man we played games together. I remember the man that we went on vacation together. I remember the man in Wisconsin Dales that he and I got on a giant inner tube and went down a slide called the toilet bowl. And that was a funny day. Because he fell out. And all I could see was his hands and his eyes like this. As we were going 30 feet up into the air and in this big giant toilet bowl. I remember that guy. But when I look at him laying there, it's not the same man. Physically. But when you look into his eyes... He's there. When the smile, you know you've said something to make him laugh. He's there. When you look deep into his soul, into his eyes, he's there. He's in there. His body has been struck down and taken completely away from him. But it's not destroyed him. Do you think... That he once knew. I was thinking about this this week. I thought, I wonder if when the year flipped this year on December 31st, if he really deep down wanted a new body. Something new. Something different. Something better. One without suffering. One that worked. One that he could hug his kids and his wife. Do you think he looks every day into the darkness and the chaos of what that disease has brought into his life? As he sees it crowd around him day in and day out, as he loses function of another part of his body. Do you think the idea of new comes to his mind? Do you think the idea that this can be better This can be new. This can be restored. This can be given to me. A new creation. Do you think that he wants a new beginning? I do. Because we've talked about it. And we prayed about it. And we went to prayer. And we prayed over him and for him and that God would give him Something new. And as I sat here this week, do I dare even think now, when God didn't do that for him, do I even dare now to pray that God would do something new in his life? And you're probably wondering, why are you telling us this story about New Year's and new and new creation Because it was the one story I could think of that it's not a platitude or just a bumper sticker. This is real life. And we stand up here and you go and you stand out there and you go to your friends and say, God's going to move every mountain. God's going to do this for you. God's going to make a way. Way maker. 
as I processed that and I looked at my message for the day, I prayed about this. I said, Lord, new? Really? Because I don't know if you know this or not, but we're all headed that way. Every one of us is going to, our bodies are going to fail, they're going to give up, and we're going to die. Woo! Pastor Baker is really positive today, man. No, seriously, follow me, track with me, be in this with me for a moment as we process this, because I know deep down you've probably thought about these things. And we kind of push it off to the side. Well, God's will just didn't, you know. And it's like, well, wait a minute. He can, but he didn't. What's that all about? And I think if you're willing to delve into that with me today, the stuff that you're dealing with in your life, the things that you're going through, the, the challenges that you're facing, the very things that you think this can't be better, this can't be new, I've got to deal with the old, is, this ever, is there ever going to spring up a new creation in my life now? If you're willing to go into this with me today and truly take a look at what our Bible writer is saying today, it'll give you hope. What about us? Is it possible for us to have a new beginning, a new creation? I mean, can we have new after divorce, new after loss, new after disease, new after a financial hardship, new after a betrayal or suffering that we're going through? Can there really be new in this life? Can there be anything good come out of chaos? Boy, has it been a chaotic year. I'm glad it's over. But is it really over yet? Y'all still came in with masks on. You still can't hug one another. Some of you still working from home. But that, some of you like that. You like that. Can good come out of chaos? The Apostle John thought so. The Apostle John, in his gospel, teaches us that Jesus is more than a good teacher, that Jesus is more than just a prophet. He teaches us that Jesus is the creator of all things. Did you get that? John, in his gospel, sees a Jesus, not just as a baby, but he goes all the way back. He sees a Jesus who creates new things out of nothing. He is a God who can speak the words and it comes about. It's amazing. John says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. There's no manger scene. There's no virgin birth story. There's no shepherds and angels and all of this. John and his gospel goes all the way back. Does this sound familiar to you? It should. If you go all the way back to Genesis, to the beginning, what does it say? In the beginning was God. And John 
makes the connection with the creation of all things in Jesus. We should recognize this as creation being retold. John sees Jesus as the creator of all things. John goes way back, even before creation, and says, in the beginning, before it was all even, God existed and nothing else. And the Word, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, who would become the flesh Jesus, was there. And he wasn't just there. John wants us to know that he was not just there in the beginning, but that everything that came about, everything that was created, every new thing that came out of nothing came through him. Why? Because he is Logos. Word. John goes on, he says, Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. This word is a world-initiating, all-creating force. When the word speaks, new worlds come into existence. God spoke to the world when the word became flesh and dwelt among us. John goes on in verse 4, In Him was life. And that life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. John is trying to get a message out to the people that I'm about to tell you a story about a man who is more than a man but a man who his coming means a new creation. That God is not done creating new. God is not done springing up life where there was no life. Good where there was just chaos. Order where there's disorder. This same God who created all that we know as universe, is the same God who walked with us. Creation of new worlds. We see it through the story of God, the Bible. God created the heavens and the earth. And here's the interesting thing about that. There are other religions and philosophies and, and that have gods. And their gods created things by having sex with other gods and, and fighting this god and breaking off and creating this new world. And this world was created that way. And there was tension and manipulation and fighting. And these gods manipulated and fought to create. But our god spoke. Our God spoke the word, light, and there was light. World, and there was world. Animal, and there was animal. People, and there was people. The word speaks, and good things happen. 
But he continued that creation. When one night God spoke again into the world on a dark, starry night out in the middle of the desert to a man named Abram. And he said, Abram, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. I'm going to create out of nothing a people. And you say, well, that doesn't make sense. People existed. Yeah, but he picked Abram and Sarah who were old and barren. And he said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. I'm going to make you, your descendants are going to be so many. They're going to be greater than the number of stars in the sand and the sea. And here's this old, barren couple, never had kids and never can have kids. But God spoke it. And Isaac came. And God created a people out of nothing. When those people became numerous, God again spoke. This time He spoke to a man named Moses out in the desert through a burning bush. This people had now become so numerous, but they were enslaved for over 400 years under Egypt. This people of God were not being the people of God. And God decided, now I'm going to speak a nation out of nothing. And he tells Moses, from a burning bush that will not be consumed, God speaks to him, go down and tell this Pharaoh, let my people go. And it came about. It happened. And God delivered them. And out of that, God brought up a nation. This is John's Jesus, the Word who creates. He is a God who creates something out of nothing. A God who creates a people out of nobodies. Frees people from slavery that they might be something. Jesus is the creator of new worlds. He is the God who opens doors that are shut and gives us all sorts of new possibilities. Simply by speaking. Simply by being the Word. Skip down to verse 11. John goes on, he says, He became to that, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. He's still creating. He's still making new. He's still speaking Jesus speaking into the dark void of human hearts. And he's calling us to be born again into a whole different world. Later in John, chapter 3, 4, 3 and 4, we find this man named Nicodemus. And some of you know the story. If you haven't heard the story, uh, Nicodemus was a Pharisee, a religious leader, 
And he went by night to see Jesus. And we know why he went by night, because he was afraid somebody would see him and there was all kinds of political things going on. And he was afraid people might think that he's following this Jesus. And Jesus knew what he was about right away. And Jesus looks at him and he says, Nicodemus, Jesus knew his heart. Nicodemus wanted to know, are you doing a new thing? Is God doing a new thing? Are you the one that's going to do a new thing? And Jesus looked at him and he said, Nicodemus, you have to be born again. Born anew. Born of the Spirit. To see and understand what God is doing in the world today. You cannot see the kingdom unless you are new. And so Nicodemus doesn't really say what Nicodemus did. But he's basically Jesus saying, Nick, God is actively creating the kingdom all around you. God is actively springing up something that was nothing. God is bringing good out of bad order out of chaos. He is doing a new thing all around you on earth as it is in heaven, but you don't see it because you are not new. You are not born again. You are not born of the Spirit. You're trying to figure it out in your mind and your heart, but the truth is you have to have the Spirit. Like the wind God, who hovered over the creation of the world, it says there was chaos and a void, and the Spirit hovered over the waters, and from that came order. The Spirit still hovers over us. He broods over us that we might be made new. And that out of our chaos that we call life, something good and new, and fresh will spring up. John's Jesus is the Word who from the beginning creates new life where there was no life. Jesus creates relationships where there was none. He mends broken relationships where they were broken and crushed and no possibility of reconciliation. Jesus has a way of creating beauty out of ashes. He has a way of taking the things that we have done in our life. So many of us have burned our lives to the ground by the decisions and the choices we've made. We've wrecked our relationships, wrecked our lives, wrecked our health. But Jesus has a way of taking the ashes, and creating something new that you didn't think could ever be possible because He is the Creator of new. Jesus creates the kingdom right now all around us. Things are happening all around us, even in the midst of things that we cannot see. Just like the song says, even though we can't see it, He's always working to build this kingdom up all around us. So, when you don't see good springing up in your life, 
you have to ask yourself, am I giving Jesus access to everything? The creator, the word, Jesus, when he is on the scene, new things happen. (laughs) Things pop up that you would have never thought would happen. New life comes through you and out of you. And if this is not happening in your life, if good is not happening in your life, you have to ask yourself today, am I giving Jesus complete access to all the areas of my life? When Jesus speaks and I listen, good things happen. But here's something that I do know from personal experience. I know it's going to shock you, right? When Jesus speaks and I don't listen, he cannot create anything new in my life. The word creates. And if I don't listen and do the word, I can't experience that new birth, that new growth, that new thing. As a matter of fact, those areas of our life where Jesus doesn't have access are probably crumbling in around you. And you're probably on a one-way road to destruction. Something's going to give. Something's going to break. Something's going to crash and burn. Because you're just doing the old over and over again, and it's not working. Jesus wants to do something new. And when you give him access to that area of your life, whether it's your finances or your marriage or, or your, um, you know, your career or your whatever it is, your relationships, a relationship, when you give that over to God and Jesus has access to that, trust me, life will spring forth out of that. And the kingdom of God will grow all around you. Jesus, the creator of everything, of new worlds, of light and life. When we say no to Jesus, the creator of everything, creator of new worlds, light and life, I am saying to this new life, no, I don't want it. The creator of life wants to speak into the chaos of my life. Those areas that are dark and chaotic. And he wants to bring light and life. Perhaps you're here today and you're a little like Nicodemus. You're not sure or you're watching online today and you're not positively sure about this Jesus. You've been following from a distance and maybe coming at night to see what's going on. Metaphorically. I want you to know that this Jesus is the giver of life. And through him, we can be born anew. Through him, we can be renewed. That which was gone and dead and old can now be alive and fresh and new. Maybe you're here today and you just need Jesus to do something in your life. An area of your life is just struggling. You're struggling with it and you've not really given it over to Him. Listen. Give it. Let go of it. We just have a way of killing things when we leave things to our own 
devices. But when we let Jesus have access, new life comes up. New good things happen. You might be here and you've been telling him no to some area of your life and you wonder why that area is struggling. You wonder why you're not seeing new and good and things come out of it. If Jesus doesn't have access, then there's no new creation happening. So back to my friend with ALS. My friend, along with all of us, have prayed for healing. We've prayed that God would do a new thing in his life physically. And God hasn't. And we've come to grips with that. His body is going to give out one day soon. But like most of us, But I know his heart. I know he trusts and loves Jesus. And I know even though his body is falling apart and and given out on him, his spirit is strong. It's being renewed every day. He loves Jesus. One day, Jesus is going to come back. And those of us who have passed on, and those of us who have gone into the grave, those of us who have gone ahead, we will come up out of our graves. And one day, those as we come up out of our graves, those who are still here, we will all gather as this massive procession of people, and we are going to go out and meet Jesus. Now listen. Just like in the ancient days when a procession would go out to meet a king who is coming home who's been gone a long time. And you know when the king's gone, things kind of... And he's going to come back and we're all, even those who have died, we're all going to go out and we're going to meet him. And we're all going to come back and we're going to inherit this place. We're going to rule it with Jesus as king. And every tear will be wiped away. Every broken down body will be given a new body. (laughs) Jesus will continue to create new. He will continue to to restore and redeem that which is lost and broken. This is the gospel. This is what the Bible teaches us, that Jesus is coming to give us a new world and a new heaven, and all of us who are in Jesus will be new. That's good news. Man, I should have got an amen out of that one. Not me, but the word. Come on. That's good news. It's good news, especially when you're going through it, especially when you're facing it. Especially when you're not sure and you really need God to do a new thing in your life. And you, that's hope, people. It's what we look forward to. All of Scripture teaches this that God is coming back and all of those in Him will be given a new body, a new world, a new heaven, and we will reign with God forever. Disease, all of it gone. 
That's good news. So here at the beginning of a new year, I don't know what earth or new life or new world that you need. Maybe your world is falling apart or has fallen apart. Maybe things have grown chaotic and dark. I know this, that Jesus, the God who first spoke the world into existence, the God who comes to us as the Word, He continues to create the new. And that's good. Can you imagine? (laughs) I mean, think about this. When Jesus speaks and you listen, good things happen. Imagine what might happen if we all would just listen and give Jesus access. What new things might happen. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. We're going to keep you a little longer today. It's okay. Did you all get your communion cups? If you don't, just look around. They were on every seat. We didn't pass them out. I want you to take those cups. We're going to do communion together. And this is, this is a cool thing. Um, even that night, as Jesus sat with his disciples, he said, listen, I'm doing something new. <laughs> it's a new covenant a new way of life. And it's through my body and my blood. And we're going to do this in remembrance in a moment, but they're going to sing for us. Just intro to three, four, 